For Beyond Profit, a podcast of the ANA Center for Brand Purpose, I'm Ken Beaulieu. As more brands leap into the evolving metaverse, best described as a network of open 3D virtual worlds, concerns about creating branded experiences suitable for kids and young teens will only grow. Currently, brands are connecting with young audiences in the metaverse through gaming platforms such as Minecraft and Roblox. Research from the technology provider Super Awesome shows that brands that create safe, thoughtful, and immersive in-game content activations are likely to drive curiosity in the brand, purchase intent, and positive perception of the games themselves. Gaming platforms are also allowing brands to advance their purpose and values and link to their charitable causes and other efforts promoting positivity. To discuss the potential of engaging young audiences in gaming environments and advancing a brand's do-good work, I am joined by Deborah Prywess, Global Head of Marketing and Insights at Super Awesome, which provides the tools for safer, responsible digital engagement. Deborah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ken. It's great to be here. Nice to have you. Um, as I was mentioning to you earlier, really excited about this particular podcast because we have not covered the metaverse or gaming to any extent. I think it's really important for those purpose-led brands that want to reach younger audiences to heed some of the advice that you're going to have today. So let's just get right into it. My first question is, you you put out some recent research. It pointed out that the development of the metaverse is changing the definition of gaming. So my question to you is in what ways? So there's a lot to unpack from the research and also considering old definitions, different generations, definitions of gaming. So we want to debunk the myth that gaming is the act of only playing games. When we interviewed young audiences in our research spans, kids, tweens, and teens, we learned that gaming is so much more. For Gen Z, gaming is their number one hobby. Mm -hmm. And it includes playing games, as marketers might expect, but it also includes building worlds, following influencers who play games, reading content about games, participating in the gaming ecosystem in a variety of ways. For them, gaming is their mainstream social community and entertainment. It's the internet. In fact, my team recently led um, a gaming panel with some young gamers who kept repeating, it's the internet. And as we probe deeper, we're like, well, is YouTube, you know, part part of your gaming ecosystem? They're like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just it's sure. just a given. And they don't have these these categories that we as marketers that we have. Mm-hmm. So kids who participate in the ecosystem really tend to identify as gamers as much as the kids who are actually playing games. Mm-hmm. And we learn that two-thirds of audiences are even watching videos about games that they don't even play. So you know, you're a marketer yourself. You know, does the industry realize that there's so much more to gaming, as you said? Or, you know, is it sort of an eye-opening thing for them as well. As we speak with a lot of brand marketers and their Mm -hmm. agencies, there's a wide spectrum of approaches and understanding. What's nice is everyone seems really interested in trying it out in different ways. And there are a lot of different ways to participate in gaming, Mm -hmm. depending on bandwidth, appetite, 
resources available. Right. Um, so some brands think that you have to just jump right in and create a Roblox world or mm -hmm. a Fortnite map. And this might not be for everyone. It can actually be one of the more difficult ways to start in gaming. It's like starting your own startup. <laughs> there are, right. there are sure. whole companies developed to these endeavors. Sure. Um, you know, some other ways to get involved are to work with gaming influencers and start generating some content. Or really my personal favorite that I think is really effective is starting with gaming integration. So picking a really popular game that has an audience, that has a, a point of view, that maybe has some ways that can align with your brand, and then entering it in a way that's really strategic. Right. So a gaming integration can be everything from adding a character into the game hopefully in a really authentic way that makes sense for that audience. Mm -hmm. We did an integration uh, maybe a year ago that had to do with promoting a new film. The game was Horse Valley. And mm -hmm. we worked with a movie studio to add one of the, the horse stars from their movie into the potential characters that a user could collect within mm -hmm. Horse Valley. Um, the movie was Spirit Untamed. So we added these little spirit horses that players could unlock by a, a series of quests. Yeah. And what's really fascinating is to this day, there are still hundreds of thousands of spirit horses riding around in Happy Valley. So, you know, that's an effective way. We worked with a retailer who brought their flagship store to the spawn area of a Roblox game. The spawn area is where your avatar first lands when you enter the game. I think that brands are only limited by their creativity. And what's really wonderful about these gaming environments is they're really immersive and the possibilities are limitless. Right. Just to build on that, the, the changes uh, that are being made in gaming, how are they positively impacting the experiences of kids and young teens in particular? There are a number of different ways that these gaming experiences are really positive. Even just starting out with how are young audiences utilizing these gaming environments? So mm -hmm. many involve building and creativity, which are really important. Um, and then being a mom of two teenage boys, my, my boys are young teens, they're currently 13 and 15, um, and having the... I guess, unusual access of being unnaturally joined at the hip for a few years um, yeah. while everyone's been home during the pandemic. I have been absolutely surprised and blown away by the different ways that they're engaging with technology than I did as a young person. Super Awesome is owned by Epic Games, which is a gaming company. And this is my third gaming company. And so as a woman working in tech as a marketer, it's really these last few years that have been really eye-opening. Mm -hmm. So from one perspective, it is understanding the need to keep young audiences safe in these games is really important. And then it's what you do with it. For example, these are emerging platforms. And for those of us who have been around been around the block for a while and remember right. new emerging technologies, it can be um, a little bit of the Wild West as these platforms are getting their own guidelines in place. Um, at Super Awesome, we believe really passionately in making sure that we are transparent, we have ad disclosures on our games, and even starting from that, as a, as a new player will enter a game, having a small notice that this is an ad is something that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, the platforms don't require it yet, but we want that transparency. And this is something that's really important to these audiences. So going back to the original question, which is, you know, what do they want to experience in games? The good news is for young audiences, they don't mind or even like engaging with brands in games. It adds to the experience. Mm -hmm. We have uh, some data points that I can pull up uh, sure, from our study. 
We learned that three quarters of young audiences across, this is the US and UK, feel positive or neutral about brands in their digital environments. Mm -hmm. As long as it's a value exchange, you know, you don't want it to be inauthentic. You know, it needs to make sense in the environment. Um, But what we learned is that 41% say that a good branded content experience makes them enjoy the game more, which means they're spending more time in the game. They're appreciating that the brand is additive, that this branded content has actually enhanced the digital experience. Mm -hmm. About one in three will then say that a brand doing something really cool in a game makes them ask their parents to buy something from the brand. Um, These young audiences also, as they age and have allowance or their own purchasing power, one in three will also also say that it makes them want to buy something from the brand. So this is really an additive environment for them. In our study, we asked, or we we did some qualitative research where we mm-hmm. gave some examples of items in a game. In this case, uh, there was a backpack. And we wanted to see if just collecting items is interesting or if there was an additional brand cachet. And even by doing something as simple as adding a, a little black rectangle and writing logo, in white text, made that a more premium collectible item. Mm -hmm. So brands don't need to worry about shying away from being transparent that this is a branded experience, even a sponsored experience. It can be additive for these young audiences who aren't as maybe prickly about advertising as adults can be. So transparency obviously is a key word here. Would you also say Authenticity is the second key word when it comes to the gaming. (laughs) Authenticity is super important. Relevance. And then also making sure that they're keeping the player front and center and doing things that are additive to to their online gaming experience. Sure. You had told me uh, earlier that you're seeing brands tying their gaming activations to their purpose and their brand value. So I'm hoping you can share some insight on that. Absolutely. This was one of the reasons I was really excited to to be building our relationship mm-hmm. because again, you know, brands need to realize that this isn't your typical advertising environment. This is almost approaching it like experiential marketing. Mm-hmm. This is where brands can bring their whole selves or multiple attributes of their brand to play. It's immersive, it's 3D, it's colorful, it's interactive, it's digital, so you can change things up and and iterate over time. And one example that I'd love to share with you, we are on our second Roblox integration with uh, the Happy Nation brand. Mm -hmm. Happy Nation is Victoria's Secret's newest brand targeting uh, younger audiences. So what's really interesting, so Happy Nation They are a digitally exclusive brand sold in an online environment created just for tweens. So they're targeting like an eight to 14 year old age. They wanted a judgment-free community focused on size inclusive, gender inclusive products that, you know, ranging from um, sweats to body care and accessories that are available for anyone. So they really focused on the needs of Gen Alpha and the the needs of their parents and bringing their brand values to play. Their brand values include being friendly to the planet, being empowered to give, being connected to your community. And in both of their game environments, they've brought a charitable connection. So they partner with Undies for Everyone, which deals with underwear scarcity for underprivileged communities. And both both of their games were able to incorporate a way for digital play 
to lead to underwear donation, which was right. really interesting. Right. They have learned over time where they are about a month in at the time of this recording to their second Roblox integration. This is with um, Livetopia, which is a really mm -hmm. popular game. And they are already within a month, um, they have surpassed their gameplays and the number of people who have come and enjoyed the experience mm -hmm. from their whole original campaign. So they are focused on ways for young people to personalize their outfits. Yeah. They have a tie-in with the, the current outfits that can be purchased in their online store. They've developed a number of obbies, which is Roblox language for obstacle courses, which is a, a really popular activity. And they these obstacle courses are timed to different values um, that the brand wants to, to put into play. Mm -hmm. um, and they are a way to unlock owning items in the game. And again, like the example I gave earlier, where there are all of these um, spirit horses continuing to populate Happy Valley, yeah. the clothing from Happy Nation is going to live on forever in Livetopia. You know, they've, they've looked at the research, they understand that young audiences find it valuable when items are available for free, mm -hmm. uh, when they're able to earn it, when they're able to collect these things. So these are all elements that they've added into their gameplay right now. Hey there, Beyond Profit listener. The ANA Educational Foundation, or AEF for short, helps marketers and advertisers build their talent pipelines with top diverse candidates while preparing students for careers in marketing. Through initiatives like the MADE Internship Program, the Campus Speakers Program, and one-to-one -one mentoring, the AEF is building a better, more purposeful future for our industry. For more information, visit AEF.com. And now, back to our show. We are talking today with Devra Prywest, Global Head of Marketing and Insights at Super Awesome. Devra, so you mentioned the uh, brands linking to their charitable causes, promoting positivity. So what does this say about brands' desire to make a difference in the world, no matter what the space is? I can't speak for all brands, but one thing that's really special about the relationships that we have with brands at Super Awesome is our mission is building a safer internet for the next generation. So this works really well with a lot of the brands that want to promote this purpose and want to build these relationships with young audiences. A number of them are focusing with us on making the metaverse a better place to be. We know that for young audiences and even older audiences, they might use different words, but they're interested in the same values of data privacy, non-toxic, welcoming environments. You know, the younger kids might refer to mean people, whereas the older audiences might refer to trolls as something they want to avoid. And we are very lucky to be helping brands make the metaverse a better place than maybe the early days of the internet. Talk a little bit more about the importance of following the, pr the principles of data privacy and responsible design. So in a gaming environment, um, it's probably similar to the early days of brands as content creators, as mm -hmm. video was taking off or, or sponsored posts. Times are changing again and brands are becoming builders and those lines are blurring where suddenly they need to be thinking about keeping audiences safe having a curation strategy for how they're promoting their brand on YouTube and making sure that they are adjacent to appropriate content that's age appropriate for these different audiences. They need to think about how to create welcoming environments, hopefully with a moderation strategy to keep the chat uh, welcoming and inclusive right. and, and 
helping young audiences belong. So they need to think about all of the elements that developers have to think about and gaming companies. It's why many of them bring on specialists who have expertise in this area, but it is a a wider school of thought for them. So this is really sort of an awakening for marketers too about how to best handle their brands in the metaverse. It is. And I think that a lot of the brands that we work with, a lot of the marketers out there have their own children and, you know, they see how their, their children are engaging with brands online. They're seeing how these are kids raised with a a data consent world or, you know, learning about uh, data privacy and how to be safe in school. It's a little bit like um, the new street smart in a way. And as the environment changes, so do the ways that parents and brands and young audiences need to be aware of their surroundings. So why are ownership, awareness, and experience three key categories of brand success with young people? So we broke uh, these areas into three key categories to make it really easy for brands um, Mm -hmm. to, to keep track of it. So the way that we think about ownership, for example, Ownership would include giving away a collectible item in a game or making a unique item in a game or even selling an item for digital currency in a game, a currency that the that the player can earn. And experience is helping these uh, young people build their own game or create a world in a game. It's providing that experiential marketing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's awareness, which is that really top of funnel element of bringing the brand, you know, building awareness and starting that relationship for these young audiences. We have seen that the ownership element is especially potent. These young audiences really want to collect items. Um, I think it's some of the the reasons that these integrations are so successful and these are the types of ways that brands can bring their kind of combine their physical and digital worlds together. So, for example, with the Happy Nation example that I that I gave earlier, uh, they are incorporating elements from their current line into the game. So as players are, you know, playing with the outfits and trying on these different clothes, they can actually go into a store or in this case, go online and purchase the exact same item and, and dress like their avatar. So these three cares key areas that you just mentioned, ownership, awareness, and experience. Is there one in particular where marketers are finding it a little more challenging than perhaps they thought? It's a really interesting question. And I think that marketers need to pick the areas to focus on that are authentic for them Mm -hmm. and authentic for their environment. And it really differs game by game. For example, if we want to dig into experience, Mm -hmm. um, some of the brands that we work with targeting Gen Z might build a Fortnite map. They might build a map, which is uh, completely custom, showing off products, showing off, you know, they're using it in such interesting ways. They're showing off values in different ways. They are taking players on a, on a bit of a history journey, even right. showing the evolution of the brand over time. And one of the great things about those environments is they then use it as a, almost like a branded set for a content engine that their influencers then um, stream from. And maybe they'll make cut downs for YouTube and kind of use it as a a bigger part of their campaign. Some brands that want to build awareness by adding an integration into an existing game 
or doing a bit of a, you know, just to age myself for a minute, like a homepage takeover in a game. Um, you know, that's a really good way to leverage an existing audience. And then you actually know, right? You're working with these developers, you know what's important to that audience. Uh, so we had a partnership where we worked with a telco that was promoting um, its super fast internet speed. So they did a timed death run uh, and a really popular Fortnite map to get their, you know, USPs as well as some of their uh, brand values across as well. So what would you say are some of the watchouts that purpose-led brands need to keep in mind when trying to reach young audiences in the metaverse? There are a number of, of watchouts. And this really goes back to that um, emerging area as brands, as a builder. Mm -hmm. So suddenly these notions of responsible design and safety, they can't be an afterthought. Some ways to get it wrong can include um, collecting personal data that isn't required for the task at hand. Mm. It can be thinking certain terms of service can define the audience. It can be not necessarily taking into the um, and taking into account the age of the players or the age of players likely to participate in a game. Mm. It's really important to think about uh, consent management. Mm -hmm. And also parental verification to confirm, um, you know, that uh, unlocking certain personal uh, data tracking or um, personally identifiable information that might be part of certain features of a game uh, to have an adult or a legal guardian kind of overseeing that. Using social plugins can be tricky because there are certain age groups that are supposed to be engaging with those. And it can bring data tracking into the user experience in an unintentional way. Um, and even misconfiguring network partners can lead, can create some challenges because these other partners might bring some of this tracking into play. Poor ad disclosures are an issue. Uh, you know, there was a bit of an expose of, a few months back of um, brands that weren't disclosing that, disclosing that these branded environments were indeed ads. And these are the types of things that we're thinking about all the time because we started with a very young audience. And our principles are that we want to make sure the well, the metaverse is welcoming for all ages. So we tend to apply a lot of the, the principles that we've built for the youngest audiences throughout all of right. our all of our age targeting. Based on the branded experiences, the successful branded experiences you're seeing right now in the gaming environment, does that give you hope uh, for the metaverse as it as it builds itself out? Absolutely. <laughs> Um, you know, first of all, I'm always an optimist, but we are seeing firsthand the brands that are seeking, that are coming with purposeful principles, wanting to inject positivity into these games, wanting to have a positive impact, you know, going with, going through with, um, you know, asking questions about this and their, their follow-up campaigns to make sure that they're having a positive impact on young audiences and focusing on themes like self-esteem and inclusion and body positivity. Um, the metaverse can be anything you want to make of it. You know, I know that um, DEI is a really hot topic and an area where a lot of brands are, are wanting to do the right thing. And in the metaverse, you know, inclusivity can be, you can be anyone or anything you want. Mm -hmm. um, we see young audiences really uh, building a very, personal relationship with their avatars, very often focused more, especially boys, mm -hmm. um, you know, who I, I, I can speak to my, my own experience where, um, you know, they, they 
My two sons are a little less concerned with fashion, but they will go all in on the appearance of their avatar. Um, you know, we might have conversations on the importance of hygiene, especially when they were younger. Um, but, you know, their avatars are like, you know, dressed to the nines, changing their hair, you know, doing the doing things that defy the laws of physics because this is where creativity and being who you want, what you want, when you want um, can collide. Mm -hmm. So I have great hope. And then also for the older brands that maybe just want like a really cool Fortnite integration. Yeah. I also, you know, sleep well at night knowing that the ones that we're making are focused on principles of responsible design and age appropriateness. And they're doing the right thing very often as a, as a desire. But even if it's not explicitly stated in the brief, it's a wonderful value add that we're providing. Lastly, Deborah, I wanted to give you an opportunity if there were any other brands that you wanted to call out for doing a particularly good job, you know, within the gaming environment. I'd love to hear, you know, another one or two. We are, uh, I'm not able to call all of them out, but I can share uh, some of my favorite integrations, uh, which are, I really loved uh, the example I gave of bringing a flagship store yeah. uh, into a Roblox game, but it wasn't just like, you know, plunking a rectangle down in the, in the middle of an existing game. Um, this became its own universe. This became its own playground for users to do some of their favorite activities, um, IRL, in this digital, uh, in this digital realm, and by IRL, I mean in real life. Um, so they are able to have to to express themselves in a variety of creative ways. This also happened to be an apparel brand. There were fashion shows. There were you know selfie areas. Um, there are big community elements. I think that can be really important. I think that brands are doing a really smart thing by. Um, Thinking of their entire, the various touch points. When we first started this conversation, I mentioned all of the ways that gamers participate in the gaming ecosystem, mm -hmm. from watching videos on YouTube to following streamers on Twitch to making their own games to, you know, we will see. So, for example, I've seen firsthand and our research supports this. Kids will very often go into a game just to chat not even necessarily to play the game. Mm -hmm. So they have a variety of tools at their disposal. So they know that when their friends are online online and where they are, um, and very often they will just pop into a game to hang out as a chat room, essentially, um, whether or not they're playing. A lot of times, you know, especially as kids get older and by kids, you know, I'm talking about teens at this yeah. point, life gets really complicated. You know, every few years, it's almost like a, a new cohort with their own hopes, dreams, fears, desires, different levels of influence, even over, over uh, the family dynamic. Mm -hmm. And some of these, these teenage audiences are enjoying their growing independence. But as they start approaching those older teen years, it gets real where suddenly they're not just independent, but they are, they have an eye to the future of when they are truly on their own and, you know, out of the kind of the comforting wing, right. um, you know, of mom and dad and the family and out of the house. And in this case, you know, gaming becomes um, a way to decompress. It's, you know, the way some people might zone out and watch some Netflix or, you know, watch YouTube. Right. They're turning to their friends in a gaming environment just to chill out and, uh, and, and get away from it all. Great, terrific. Deborah, thank you so much for joining me on Beyond Profit. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Ken. It was great to be here. If you'd like to learn more about Super Awesome, please visit superawesome.com. That's superawesome.com. And if you would like to recommend a speaker or a topic for this podcast, please email me at brandpurpose at ana.net. 
Until next time, thanks for listening.